Oh, man. Let that one play for a long time. Oh, one of the greatest songs that's got like a connection to sports ever. Like, it is so. How many people of that era didn't have that song as like their warm up song for their team? Are you kidding me? Oh, are you playing it in the room all the time? Like, like right now, today, I wonder what's uh, like, what are the songs that uh, people have? Because if you think back to your youth, when you were playing, maybe I don't care, you're playing. Well, then it was Bantam, Midget, AAA. Now it's U18, U15. You know, it's younger kids have, a, you know, the playlist. But there are certain songs that are just a classic. And Welcome to the Jungle is, without question, one of the greatest songs related to sports that I can think of. I'm trying to think of other ones that uh, that would be close to it. There's obviously a few, but that one is unreal. All right. Um, yeah. ACDC has a few. Right, Metallica, obviously. The uh, well, their entrance, um, Enter Sandman, of course, would be uh, would be up there for sure. That is like to watch. What college is that again, Cons? Enter Sandman. No, that they play it at the you know before the game for the football team. It's in the crowd and everybody's standing up. Is it? I want to say, no, I don't know. I wanted to say nah, Carolina, but it's not. Is it Clemson? No. Clemson has a good one. Maybe it's, it might be Clemson. Um, yeah, I don't know. You have to look it up. I can't remember. I've seen the video many times. You should think, uh, you'd think I would a Virginia know. Tech. That's who it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, because there's a few good ones. Clemson's entrance is great. Uh, Penn State has a good one. But I always liked Ramones. But Screak Bop has a, a good little pregame song. Really? Yeah. All right. Hey, yo, let's go. Yeah. Hey, yo, let's go. Yeah, that's a good one. And guys, we played uh, Ace of Spades in the dress room yeah. from Husks. Good oh, one. That's a good one. Hockey song. Yeah. You know what? Like, I like the hockey song, but I don't remember. It's not like a real pump-up song. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I, I don't ever recall having it played before the game for us. But, um, hey, boys, Dracula. From Rob Zombie. That is a good one. John Fogarty, Neil Diamond. Yes. Yeah. Hey, guys, the senior warmies welcome to the jungles in every barn in Alberta. <laughs> From Nathan. Yeah. I would agree. How could it not be? Like, it's it's a timeless classic. Timeless classic. How can uh, how could you not? So, love it. Uh, Matt, uh, hey, we've had a good uh, day here in the uh, month of giving. Matt is up to $1,900 now on package number two, which is the handcrafted tabletop, uh, the two chairs, and a pair of seats for tonight's tilt. Uh, by the way, they're club seats. Row five. You don't get to sit close like that, Merton. When you sit that close to the game, you really appreciate how fast the game is, man. It's crazy. So uh, those are great seats, and they're on the aisle. So you know what? You're, the buzzer sounds, period's over. You're in, baby. No lineup for you. Big advantage. Big advantage. And this tabletop and two chair set, it's unreal. It's fantastic. So, uh, you now it's got, uh, the, the, for the, for the two bar stools, the top is, as the, uh, order logo on the wine barrels. And then you have, uh, the head table, the, uh, the tabletop has like a, um, McDavid in it. You've seen the pictures, Connor. We got them all over our socials on Twitter or on, uh, on Facebook. You can see them there. And, uh, I can actually send them with the new text system as well. So if anybody does oh. want to see them, let me know. I'll uh, send you the little JPEG. Oh, there you go. I like it. 
Hey, guys. Are you 13? Team still rocks. Enter Sandman and kickstart my heart. See, exactly. Like, that to me is timeless. That's where you know it's a good song. I played uh, Welcome to the Jungle for my son the other day, and he was just like, this is unreal. He loved it. So... You know what? There's just there's just something about that song. It doesn't matter how old you are. You get fired up. How about Crazy Train? The kids still like that one? From Ozzy? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I was always a big fan of that one, too. Yeah. Um, Rat had a really good pump-up song. And uh, I can't remember the name of it. I could probably sing it, but I'm not Struts. So <laughs> um, don't want to. I, that would ruin it for uh, for people. Obviously, Thunderstruck. Is another one that's been there for uh, for a long time. Works well. Doesn't matter uh, anywhere you go. Round and round. Thank you, Plumber Chris. That's right. Round and round by Rat. <laughs> oh, TNT. Like ACDC has quite a few. Hey, boys. Uh, do Haas from Ramstein. That's uh, Ryan the Squire of Stetler. I like it. Yeah, Du Haas is a really good song. Like, if I was Leon Dreisaitl, that'd be my goal song. Without question. Not not even a debate. Not even a debate. God, like, we could play a whole playlist. We should have its cons. We should do, like, a week where every intro is, like, the greatest pump-up songs. Just so, you know, I'll get fired up. You'll get fired up. The show, like, it will be on tilt for entire four hours. Everybody will just, like, just play it longer. Oh, so I was kind of doing that today, actually. Now, Seven Nation Army, that's kind of a good, like, stadium song. I took a break because you got to throw a hero song when you have Lenny come no, in. No, no, that's true. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep that going throughout the show today. Hey, boys, our win song is Mamma Mia with our U18 AAA <laughs> team. Well, that's awesome, Connor. And, hey, yeah. you know what? That's what's great about win songs because you wanted it's a song that's catchy and everybody sings along to. I, I I coach a team where it's uh, we have nine and ten year olds on our team, right? Uh, we have uh, all boys and, and then we have a girl Charlie on our team. And before the game, like it is, it's unreal. There's a few songs that the whole team starts singing to. One guy will start singing in the room, and everybody sings. I love it. it's like my favorite part. I don't sing along, of course, because it's just like the kids and they and like they're singing like no one's watching, which is how we should be as adults. Right? It's so fun. And you should see the smiles on their face. Like every, it's like now it's like a team thing. And if you're, cause I remember there was a few kids and I said, why aren't you singing? Well, I'm not a good singer. I said, who cares? Can you hear who's singing? You got to sing along. And now they're all into it. It's kind of like a team thing. Everybody sings. It's so fun. So I do like the idea of a wind song though. And it does have to be something kind of unique. Like the blues, Wingstone, Gloria, that was outstanding. Right? Cause it's way different. It wasn't with their era. I think a little bit older song like that. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean, goal song. You want the energy, right? But I mean, you got a win song. Just something you can oh. all sing along to. Yes, it's just a sing along. That's all. It, that's what that's it is. all you need. Uh, it's perfect. And and the you know kind of is the funnier it is, the better. That's what makes it so great. The whole team gets behind it because you know we won. Oh, we get to play the song. <laughs> oh, it's great. Like I I don't know. I've, well, right now, I'll play La Bomba, of course, is the order's uh, win song, right? Uh, in honor of Joey. It's been there for a long time. I totally get it. They had, uh, hey guys, uh, what about Warriors by Volbeat? Ooh. I like that. That's like none of these songs. 
Hey, guys, uh, Hands Up by Ottawa should be Edmonton's win song. I think crowd participation, basically one line. True, but you know what? The crowd does love La Bamba because I think it reminds everyone of Joey, who was like one of the greatest ambassadors, maybe the most popular Edmonton order because he spanned generations. Right? Like the young fans, as great as Gretzky was, young fans don't have the connection to him. Right? Joey Moss was around for a long now. Obviously, he's not there anymore, but I like to keep his spirit alive. But um, it's awesome. And then mixing in Ben saying, play La Bamba, baby. Like, Oilers have a good one right now. I don't think there's any need for change for the win song. Keep that going as long as we can. Yeah. So, no, I think uh, I think we'll be doing that. Uh, just for like for the next few weeks, we'll just, you send in like, what do you think is the best pump up song? And we'll be playing them. It'd be unreal. Like the whole show, man. We'll be on tilt the whole time. I can't wait. I love it. 833-401-1440 is uh, where you can uh, text us. We'll get to the uh, lineup brought to you by Sherwood Power Motorsports right now. The Edmonton Orders uh, lineup now was an optional skate today for the uh, order. So um, this isn't 100%, but this is going off of a little bit of a you know a pretty good guess on uh, on what we think. Based on practices and uh, and everything else like that, but obviously this is what we do know for sure is that uh, McDavid will be centering Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. Uh, we think they're going to start with Drysital with Yanmark and Fogel, McLeod with Kane and Brown, and then Hamlin with Gagne and Derek Ryan. That line has seven goals in the last thirteen games. It's pretty good production from your fourth line. <laughs> Actually, no, it's excellent production from your fourth line. Nurse Cece. Ekholm, Bouchard, Kulak, and DeHarnay, Stuart Skinner will get the start in goal. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, no Victor Hedman tonight. Maybe Saturday for Lightning fans. But uh, Alex Bere-Boulet will be playing with uh, Braden Point and Kucherov. That's her top line. Uh, Kucherov, of course, 20 points in the last 12 games. Uh, the only other guy with even double digits points is uh, Brandon Hagel with 11. So... Um, Tampa's offense hasn't been great lately. Now they got some guys that can light up anytime, so be careful. Uh, Anthony Sorelli's with Tanner Janot and Brandon Hagel. Uh, Steven Stamkos with Nick Paul. Connor Sheary, we think, is going to play. And then uh, Tyler Mott, Luke Glendening, and uh, Michael Essimont on the fourth line. Uh, Sergachev and Cernak are their top D pair. Calvin DeHaan with Darren Radish. And uh, Hayden Fleury will draw in for Hedman, and he'll play with uh, Nicholas Perbix. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Vasilevsky will be uh, in between the pipes tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. As they're just, uh, they lost in uh, in Vancouver. They're 5-6-1 and one since the uh, they beat the Oilers back on uh, the 18th of November. Oilers in their 10 games since are 8-2, and two, including uh, winners of the, their last eight and look to tie the franchise record tonight of nine in a row, something they tied in the nine games last year at the end of the season. The final nine games last year, they won. So if the Oilers win tonight, that's two nine-game winning streaks in the span of 36 regular season games. It's not bad. In the first 3,999 games, the Oilers ever only won nine in a row once. (laughs) It's a fun little stat, but it's great. So think about it. The Oilers are one of only six franchises and never won 10 games in a row. They need two more to do it. We shall see. So that was the uh, 
Lineup Report brought to you by Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. Fishing boats, pontoon boats, they got it all. They got a 91,000 liter tank for you to test it all in. Because, hey, think about it. If you get a boat, you want to make sure, hey, how does this baby feel? How does it ride? How does it look? Also, ATV, side-by-sides, motorcycles, uh, they have it all. Check it out at uh, Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. Coming up, we will. Uh, we are going to go uh, a little bit later on in the show to uh, to Tampa Bay, find out uh, about the Lightning and uh, what's been wrong with them. Uh, Mike Rupp will be by. TR is going to join us. Speck, uh, Livingston, and uh, Paul Sir on a busy Thursday afternoon. The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We'll come back and uh, update you in our uh, month of giving packages. We've got to get them up a little bit, but it's a good start. So we got to get to the point where this picks it up a little bit. Because right now it's kind of slow. I need all right. Let's get into it. Let's see See, welcome back to the uh, Gregor Show. Sports fourteen forty, Oilers Nation YouTube. I'm Jason Gregor alongside uh, Connor Halley. The Oilers are taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, oh, all things are calm in, in Oilers. I do have one question though. Just, I'm kind of curious. Like I, I thought, like I thought, Dustin Schwartz was a terrible goalie coach who couldn't develop young goalies. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I guess I guess that suddenly isn't the case. Like a rookie goaltender struggled in the playoffs at times. Huh. Like a rookie player struggled in the playoffs. And then might have had a tough, you know, first 8 games of the next of his sophomore season. That's never happened. Like Maddie Beneers, the rookie of the year, he was unreal to start the year for Seattle. Like, come on. I also chuckle and it's like, well, Ben Scrivens and Victor Foss, you know what? And Anthony Stolarz played six games in Edmonton. I can't believe, like, he didn't make him way better. What is Schwartz doing? Like, the arguments against it were so ridiculous, it's comical. It just is. So, people wanted a young goalie developed. Well, the guys that developed him is Schwartz and Stuart Skinner. Looks good. And they might have another one coming as well in Olivier Rodri. We'll see. Got to get some playing time at some point. Find out. Let's get to the uh, NBA report now. Brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm. Don't wait till it conks out. Stay warm all winter. Legacyheating.ca. As Paul Sir, former coach and player, long time, it was a long time executive director of Basketball Alberta as well, joins us now. Uh, Paul, how are you doing, my man? Doing great. Doing great. Loving a sixty-four point performance by Giannis and. Uh, Raptors look like they should be writing shooters. Uh, shoot, they be they should be producing shooter videos after last night' performance. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, they did shoot well last night. Yeah, 135 points for them. Um, it was a that's a really high scoring game, man. 263 points uh, combined between the two of them. So it was a it was an all shooting, no defense type of night. Looked like the YMCA on a Saturday afternoon. It was. Uh, Run and gun and, and lots of open shots. And I was looking through the scoring for this year, uh, Jason, and Indiana, they lead the league yes. uh, with 123 points a game, 9.2 points per game more than they scored last year. A nine-point jump. That's huge. And uh, there's a lot of discussion right now about is it too much offense and not enough defense? Is it too much shooting? Uh, so to the point now where it's, uh, people are complaining about too many points being scored, which 
you know, five years ago, it was the opposite. So uh, now who who is complaining? Like people online? The same people that are probably complaining about your goalie coach. The uh, (laughs) people just complain to complain. Yeah, Uh, I think like I, I, I get a bit perplexed at the defense in the NBA. Uh, part of the reason I say that is because of the way the NBA is so restrictive on how you can play defense uh, in the NBA that I think now the players are better. Uh, coaches have figured out how to get more open shots. And because you're limited in the defensive schemes that you can put forward, uh, that makes it easier for teams to put up big numbers, especially when so many players can shoot the three so consistently. Well, and see, that's like the game's just changed. Like, I think it's harder to defend now because you'll see guys come and they're launching. Like, how do you defend a guy when he's launching from five feet be- behind the three point line? You know what I mean? Like in transition, that's very difficult to do. Well, if you can make it. And, when, and, and Steph Curry reinvented what a good shot was. I, I still go back to him being uh, similar to players in history, Pete Maravich with ball handling and passing at a different level. Bill Russell with defense. Uh, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson with their all-around skill sets. You look at uh, the revolution uh, that Steph Curry has caused uh, in the NBA is uh, Steve Kerr allowed him to take shots five and ten feet further than three the three-point line. Yeah, And in, I think, the first season of the NBA, Curry took more three-pointers. He takes more three-pointers in a season than certainly all teams took in the season and maybe half the league. So, yeah, the game's better. The game's just playing better. Oh, well, you you now, looking at the Warriors, though. I, I, they're not, like, they're where, not better. No, like, <laughs> wh- where do they go from here? Well, I, I, I mean, Draymond Green has always been toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he cost he cost them let's just call it straight up he cost them the nba title when he kicked lebron in the groin and had to sit out a game mm-hmm. uh, that year the, the warriors had that series pretty much locked up and uh that's not to diminish lebron's great performances it's just you know green not being able to control himself and being so dirty uh in his play uh yeah, I, I mean, that's disruptive. And, uh, you know, I've heard comments like they should have done something about this, both at the league level and at the team level last year when he sucker punched Jordan Poole in practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy has anger control issues. You go beyond that, though, with the Warriors. They're, they're, they're getting older. Clay Thompson isn't right now what he used to be. Not even close. Not even close. Steph Curry's good, but they're not good enough anymore. And where – I don't know what the excuse you use for Andrew Wiggins. Maybe there, there's maybe there's something emotional you're not aware of, but boy, is he terrible this year? Like just gone from an all-star level to a lower than average level uh, performer. Lots of turnovers, very poor scoring. Uh, his defense is softened. So I don't know how to explain that. Maybe it's just uh, dynasty fatigue, and it's time to rebuild. I, that very well could be. I, I don't think the old uh, formula is working anymore, and they're probably going to have to take a long, hard look at some of their assets and make some decisions. Yeah, like, like Clay Thompson's the one guy who's like Steph Curry's. You know, I think I think is still good, and um, you know, if he's on your team, 
You, know, you probably got a shot, but yeah, they, they're going to have to, uh, to rejig some things. You mentioned, uh, Giannis. Yeah, had himself quite a game last night. You know, he committed, uh, we, you know, we thought him and Damon Lillard, uh, would come together and be a pretty good duo. And, you know, so far that's, I don't know if it could work out much better for the Bucks. Yeah, it looks good. And what's neat to see is Giannis looked like he was ready to let the team be, uh, Lillard's team. Like people don't, give Giannis the credit he deserves because he doesn't cause trouble. Yeah. That's the thing with Giannis. He competes and he doesn't cause trouble. So people don't focus on him. We're talking about Draymond Green, a player, a fraction of the ability and impact that Giannis Antetokounmpo is. So, But uh, as it turns out, Giannis is the best player and Lillard's deferring to him and working as he should as a second option, giving them that deep threat and talk about creating space for Giannis to attack. So now Giannis has more, more space ever than ever to attack with Middleton uh, coming up uh, and getting back into his rhythm. I don't like the Bucks' depth but when you start talking about deep, deep playoff runs. But in terms of, like, like you pointed out correctly, the combination of Giannis and Dame, Damon Lillard is really fun to watch. Paul, what were your thoughts on the in-season tournament uh, once you saw it play out? Well, you know, it, it was fine, I guess. You know, it created some buzz, and, you know, we got to see new courts, new uniforms. Uh, you know, the NBA never misses a, a trick. Uh, it was fine. I don't think it means anything, the fact that the stats don't even count. I mean, Anthony Davis has this 40-20 game in the finals, and the, <laughs> that doesn't even go towards his stats for the year. It just seems weird. Yeah, well, like, yeah, I agree with you on that. That does. It's a regular season game in points. Yeah, that one's kind of odd to me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll be interested to see how they tweak it for next year. I guess it was fine. I don't. Hindsight being twenty twenty, would the NBA be any further along if they didn't play that? I would say, it, really and truly, nobody'd miss it if they don't go back to it. So I'll be curious to see what they do to add more relevance to it for next year. Yeah, it's definitely not going away by any stretch. I will say though, if if they're actually encouraging the Lakers to raise a banner, that they need to stop that idea because that, I hope they don't do that. that would be so. Maybe in the men's room, yeah. but not in the rafters, please, yeah. because that's just not that's just not worthy of any kind of dis- serious discussion. Well, you could probably replace one of Kobe's one. Well, I'd probably accept that better. Him having two uh, retired jerseys is just as ludicrous. Yeah, yeah so. uh, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, when you look at some of the teams, Paul, now, you know, here you are. You, you know, they played, I don't know, closing in on a third of the season, uh, give or take, in, in the NBA. Is, is there any team that you feel – still has more to give or that's kind of who they are in either like is there one team in either conference you say you know what i still think they can go on a run and be quite better than the record looks right now i'd probably go with the suns uh in the west like the west started out kind of bumbling along jason but now they really seem to have found their groove you've got 11 legitimate serious playoff contenders i believe in the west so I think the Suns have some room to grow if if Beal can get healthy and uh, if Durant can stay healthy, then I think the Suns could be a real threat. Uh, you've got the surprises of the Kings, the Rockets. Uh, we're starting to see the Clippers coming together. They've made a couple of moves now and bringing Westbrook off the bench seems to be working well for them. Uh, PJ Tucker's complaining notwithstanding. <laughs> 
Nuggets have kind of faded a bit. Uh, Mavericks are looking good. In the West, there's just quite a few teams that are, are really, I think, compelling. And it, it will be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. And in the East, again, starting to take shape. The Heat are coming on. The Knicks are better. Uh, the uh, the Nets are a bit of a surprise, I would say, at this juncture. But the top four are, are, are intriguing with the 76ers, the surprise magic, and the Bucks and the Celtics. And and in the West, I, I have to go without saying, I have to put a plug in for my Timberwolves, too. Yeah, the t- Timberwolves place, are best record in the league. I was just what, waiting. Like, are you trying to pretend that you're not a Timberwolves fan right now? Like, what, they're, they're what crushing universe it. do we live in? This has yeah. got to be bizarre world because everything's turned around. But uh, and like they look, a lot. they look legit, Paul. Like they don't look like a team that's just hot for twenty games. And they're winning games without Anthony Edwards. Yes, against decent teams. So you're right. Uh, I think the, their coach has really got them believing. And uh, when Edwards comes back, he's like a top five player in the league. Uh, and Gobert, the Gobert Towns experiment is now paying off. So somebody in the front office who uh, was written off much like your goalie coach that you were referring to earlier last year because of the way uh, Towns and Gobert played together, not factoring in that Towns missed most of last season. Now it's starting to – they really seem to be like – they are they are legit. They're a good basketball team. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm excited. I'm as excited about the league right now as I've been in a long time because of the depth of talent, new teams coming onto the scene – the, the hometown Raptors, Jason, I'm curious about them because last night, a lot of fun to watch. They are, they're, they're not bad to watch. But, of course, the sun always shines brightly when, when, you're, when you're shooting 54% from the three. It's a good night. You know, it's a good night. It's a nice night. For sure. Night. Paul, nice night. Uh, that's, that's like you in the senior league right now, right? Uh, that's what happens, shooting uh, 56%. In, in my day, I could stroke it. That day's long gone. <laughs> That's way in the rearview mirror. <laughs> well, awesome, Paul. Uh, thanks for this. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Look forward to it, Jason. That's Take Paul Sir from uh, Bas- uh formerly from uh, Basketball Albert, of course, a longtime player and coach in Europe and a big part of uh, 3X3. Uh, we'll return. We'll update you on uh, Month of Giving. We got the uh, racing report. And more on the Thursday edition of The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. That's a great song. Woo! I <laughs> love it. Getting you fired up on a Thursday afternoon. We'll get you fired up for the month of giving as uh, Matt's up to uh, $1,900 on package number two, which is the uh, handcrafted uh, tabletop and two chairs for any of the diehard fans, uh, you know, hey, Connor, I think Jeremy actually asked for a picture. I need you to text it to him. Uh, came in around uh, 310 or something, so he wants to see the picture of it. Uh, you can see anybody who wants to see it. If you haven't already seen it, it's on all on our socials and everywhere. Uh, Orders Nation articles as well. The uh, handcrafted tabletop, uh, courtesy of LMB Designs. This is amazing, and it is top-quality stuff. It's fantastic. So trust me, if you're an order fan, you want to look at this. And you'll also get a pair of seats, club seats tonight, row five, seats one and two. That's on the aisle, baby. So uh, Oilers have a chance to tie the franchise record tonight for most consecutive wins. Would be fitting that they could go for 10 on a Saturday night, don't you think? So that's currently at uh, 1900 And uh, package one right now, an absolute bargain. It's a dinner for 10. It'll be you and five friends. The six of you will dine at um, Chop. 
Steakhouse, Ellerslie, or downtown, your location, in their private room. They're both fantastic. It's a five-course uh, dinner with uh, wine pairing, your choice of beverage in the uh, private room. And uh, you'll be dining with Ladislav Schmid, Kevin Karius, Eddie Steele, David Schlemko, all the morning show guys. It's going to be an absolute ride. Those guys are some pretty good storytellers. Don't uh, don't let the PG stories that you hear on the radio, uh, I can tell you, there's lots of funny stories. You get Schmid and and uh, Schlemko going, and then Eddie Steele. Uh, Karis actually got some funny stories, so uh, you'll enjoy that. But that's a bargain right now at uh, 1500 with Nick. So 833-401-1440 is the, uh, the numbers to text. Let's get to the racing report now, brought to you by Cantorque. They've launched a new website, Improved Navigation, more product information, and as a bonus, you can watch all of the uh, Cantorque racing report right there at cantorque.com, as Colin Livingston joins us uh, once again in studio. And uh, Colin, there's um, lots uh, lots going on uh, right now. I guess I do want to start, like, I've, sometimes I find F1, they just like to create drama. Yeah. Right, like honest, and, and that's not bad because sports fans, and I've always said this, like soap operas. Oh yeah, I don't like a soap opera. I'm like, yeah, but you follow. And the minute there's any little drama in your sport, you're like, oh, what happened? I want to know what happened. So, I guess so. F1's probably good at it, but you know, this whole FIA and the F1 Academy and the Toto and Susie Wolf, like to me, allegedly they're under investigation. Some anonymous report. Yeah. No one ever knows where it comes from. Turns out it's nothing. Right. And so I just wonder, it's like, oh, it's the off season. Let's come up with some bogus story here to have us in the news cycle. Yeah, it's not too surprising uh, considering how vicious the teams can be towards each other. Like, no big secret that there's, you know, the the most bitter rivalry in, in F1 right now is Mercedes and Red Bull. And they'll do anything that they can to trip each other up. I mean, Red Bull is far more aggressive with the 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 level of the rhetoric to you know say things to just kind of distract people and you can tell when they're getting scared because they always uh, you know uh up that um you know their level mercedes is a little bit more politically suave uh suave with how they they handle it but you know there's no secret that you know those two teams just do not like each other um but this kind of stuff is is personal and it's um you know first of all it's really uncalled for there was you know at the end of the day there was nothing there the FIA within days um of launching the investigation announcing they had launched the investigation said there really is no evidence and it it nobody will will step up and say yeah i was the one that started it but um you know really kind of kind of disheartening because it's hard enough for women to get into motorsports in the first place and it's hard enough for them to actually whether it's driving whether it's crew whether it's you know being an executive Susie was a you know a, an established race car driver before she ever met Total Wolf. It's not like he grabbed her by the boots, you know, bootstraps and pulled her into the sport. She was yeah. a very, very well-known racer before, um, you know, worked through the the system and is now the head of the the F1 Academy, which is the female uh, side of, of Formula One, where they're trying to feature and showcase uh, women open wheel drivers. But you know, this really. Um, really smells like uh someone's just trying to knock another woman off off a pedestal and for me it's pretty disgusting um you know 
I know that not everyone in the world of racing is really comfortable with women and, you know, they seem to be threatened that they're, they're, you know, gaining traction, they're becoming drivers, they're, you know, um, you know, there, there's slowly and slowly more and more coming in, which I think is fantastic. I mean, I always proudly talk about the days where I get my, my ass handed to me on a plate by, you know, at the time was a 16 year old girl. Um, a couple of years ago, our club champion was a female, Whitney Stevenson, um, I love it. I, I wish we could have more because at the end of the day, a race car, a go-kart, it doesn't care at all who's operating it. Like women can race as fast as men. It's there's, you know, yes, men maybe have a strength advantage, but women have weight advantages and, um, you know, just more the merrier. I, I wish this, this kind of petty nonsense would just go away though. Now uh, let's go to uh, IndyCar. Um, now they're delaying the debut of their new engine. Uh, until after the Indy 500. How come? Apparently, the the testing has been going well, but they're still not satisfied that the new engine package... So basically what they're doing to go back half a step is the the current IndyCar runs on a conventional, um, you know, aspirated engine. So it's a a normal compression engine, um, 2.2 liter uh, with turbos. What they're, they're doing is they're moving more in line with what the Formula One package is, where there will be like, uh, energy storage units, um, you know, where it's going to be kind of a hybrid unit with part combustion and part, um, electric motor. Um, but they weren't, it, it just sounds like they're not a hundred percent satisfied with the, uh, software yet. And they're not a hundred percent satisfied with the durability. So instead of trying to release it and, and put it into practice in the middle, no, I shouldn't say in the middle, but before it's ready, uh, in the middle of a season, they're going to wait until they get through the big showcase. And, and as of now, it would be just, it would be after the Indy 500, but I think it's going to be cool. Uh, the only thing is that, you know, race cars and norm- normally aspirated race cars have such great sound and i never really appreciated it until that sound started going away indy cars still sound really badass and i can tell you you know having stood in in well every corner at indianapolis motor speedway at one point or time or another when you hear those cars barreling down at you know upwards of 240 miles an hour screaming you know an indy car at like thirteen thousand rpm um you know, or the old F1 cars, the, the old V6s, the V8s, the V10s, the V12, that whine, that, that scream that those engines had. It does add something. So hopefully the new package isn't, isn't too muted. Um, as, as one guy called, uh, you know, the sound of an, an F1 field, he said, it sounds like a, uh, it sounds like the, a stampeding, a, a herd of stampeding flatulent elephants. A unique description. Uh-huh. Uh, Colin Livingston joins the Cantor Grayson Report. Now they're also actively testing the power plants, though, right? Uh, all throughout the winter time. Yeah, so they've been they've been going really hard um, since the end of the. I mean, they've been testing through the season, so um, you know they'll keep working. They're down at uh, you know they're perpetually bouncing between Sebring and Barber, and you know all the you know conventional uh, U.S. tracks that are far enough south that won't get snow. So. Now, keep going. You were just in Bar- uh, Bahrain yep. f- uh, for the uh, the Rotax uh, Grand Finals in, in karting, and uh, Matthew uh, Taskinen uh, made it. He was there. Yep. So, kind of give me a give me a recap of his performance and the, and the overall event itself. Yeah. So, I mean, Team Canada did great, and you know we can we can go over Matthew stuff for sure. But uh, Team Canada uh, finished. 
Oh my goodness, I should have looked at my picture, but finished second overall. I was there, I was standing in front of the podium, but I just got, uh, it, there's a lot that goes on. Um, so that's based on the total amount of points that all your cumulative drivers can put together. So, you know, countries that only had two drivers qualify, you know, don't really stand a chance, but. Um, How many drivers did Canada have? Uh, it was like 10 or 12. Uh-huh. Like it was, it was a decent, um, Decent contingent. Um, the majority of the drivers came out of the east. Um, a couple of our Western Canadian tickets actually went to Americans who came up. So they weren't, you know, when they earn the ticket, they can still race under Team USA instead of actually having to race under Team Canada. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, just such a great event. Um, pretty well run. Um, Matthew... You know, I've seen him race for a long time. Um, this was his third grand finals, um, without question, the most competitive he's ever been. You know, learning lessons, especially from last year in Portugal, um, you know, putting a lot of those things to the, uh, putting it uh, into, into action this year was running mostly in the top 10, um, in all the, the practice sessions. Made a little, he says he made a mistake, and I'm going to argue with Matthew. He didn't make a mistake, but he got a little unlucky that during qualifying is the first time you put your brand new tires on. And once you put those tires on, that's what you run for the rest of the event. So you've got to, you've got to use the hell out of them in your qualifying lap, but you can't really do more than one lap because the tires already start falling off. And, and even if they don't, you need to save every bit of rubber for the end of the race. Um, Got stuck in the wrong pack, qualified towards the back. I think he qualified like um, 30th or something like that, which meant in all the heat races and the pre-final, he was always having to start at the back or towards the back and then work his way up, uh, but did so in in every heat. So he would start, you know, 21st, 22nd, and by the end, he was up to like, you know, 10th, 12th, 13th, 14th. So he was passing carts, um, you know, did, did really well, and then unfortunately got into the final. Didn't have a shot at winning from where he was but um one of the stories of the weekend and and unfortunately a bit matthew at the very worst time was um his fuel pump let go after five laps so um you know was really proud of him really proud of all the team canada guys um but yeah unfortunately it was um it was kind of a widespread issue um whether it was related to the pumps themselves or the the new fuel that's being used uh hopefully rotax gets that sorted over the uh over the winter now um didn't you have like a big thrill for you when you were there? <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, one of the coolest things that's that's happened to me in racing. Um, there, the the legend um, that's been doing the Rotax broadcasts, uh, a, a really really good guy named Henry Baudet. Uh, we've got to know him over the last couple of years, having been at the same events and things like that. And um, you know, Henry just saw me standing in the uh, in the grandstand. Um, you know, I I kind of yodeled over to him. He recognized me. And he said, "Hey, do you want to come down and do the the Masters broadcast with me?" I said. Yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. So I had no prep time. I had no idea what we were doing, but, uh, you know, got called in and, uh, got to sit with Henry and, and, uh, do the color side of things for, uh, for the DD2 Masters, um, you know, during the Rotax Grand Finals, which, you know, was it, streamed through YouTube, but still broadcast around the world. So, um, you know, pretty cool. And? Did you watch it back? Did you evaluate yourself? How was it? I, um, yeah, I, I actually, I, I have a few times because I had to figure out how to chop my section out. The, the broadcast on the day goes like six and a half hours. Uh-huh. And my section was like, 
I don't know, it was 15 minutes or something okay. like that. So having, I had to figure out how to chop the YouTube clip up, but I, I've heard it way too many times and I hear all my mistakes. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, there was a bunch of topics that Henry and I just, uh, decided we were going to talk about, and the director kept cutting to other things. So as we're sitting there getting ready to go down one road, the director makes him, you know, oh, well, we've got this little interview off on the side. And then by the time we came back, we had to talk about what was happening on the track and never really got to talk about all the rest of the stuff. But uh, it was, I mean, absolute thrill. Wow. Well, I look at... Uh the the upcoming season quickly when you look at uh, IndyCar and you know F1 uh, NASCAR is there one thing in all three that you are looking and we'll throw in Pinties too that that you're looking forward to ah uh, just just getting back um you know the winter is is long this is when we do a lot of like within our race team um you know which really consists of alex and me in the off season because you know the equipment part of it we subcontract so we don't really have a lot to do with the equipment there but you know just trying to plan for uh which sponsors we can bring back which sponsors are going to come on board you know making sure that we've got the schedule kind of lined up so that Pinties is is the the first thing that goes on the calendar, and then all my carding and everything else is kind of secondary. Um, F one is going to be how is, much is anybody going to be closer to Red Bull? How much can everyone close the gap? And you know, how, first of all, will will Red Bull come out further ahead because they haven't really touched their car since like August or July or something like that? So they've been working on next year's car throughout the majority of this year. Mercedes is giving a couple little indications that they're going to be closer, but we won't really know until they start doing the testing in Bahrain, you know, at the same location we were at here last week. Um, you know, IndyCar, um, it's going to be kind of the same thing as, as we always see. I mean, it's, it's the most competitive racing. Um, you know, you can't, you can't ever, uh, pick a, um, pick a favor i mean you can pick it but it's it's a wild guess um you know within nascar i i just don't follow it anymore i'm just not interested in the the u.s stock car stuff just because it's it's so it's gotten too silly for me with the the rules and the playoffs and the um you know the 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 things that get penalized, you know, absolutely harshly that are kind of inconsequential versus the things that happen on the track that really should be penalized, they get overlooked. So, um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to do, uh, you know, basically from January through about, uh, September, October karting season this year as well. So. Awesome. Yeah. Call good stuff, my man. We will uh, chat with you tomorrow. All right, Just, next uh, yeah, Thursday. Really quickly, whoever wins that chop package with Carius mm -hmm. needs to hold his feet to the fire and make sure, in addition to the wine, you get him to put together a couple of his uh, world-famous Dickaritas. So, you know, for people who don't know, nickname is Dick, not mm -hmm. uh, not not any kind of, uh, um, you know, other connotation, but uh, he makes a really, really awesome margarita. They're good, and uh, I wonder if he will bring any of his uh, his homemade stuff. That's what I'm talking like, about. Like, oh my goodness, man! It's uh, I'd like him to give uh, Steel one just to see how he would uh, how he'd handle it the first time. And any of uh, any of the winners, I think Carla is. Uh, where are we at to now, Cons on that package? I think Carla's in. Seventeen hundred. All right. Okay. So there we go. Carla has it at the seventeen hundred dollars. Uh, have a good one, my man. We'll chat with you next Thursday. That's uh, Livingston in the uh, racing report. Brought to you by Cantor. Check out the uh, new and improved 
Cantork website at cantork.com. Uh, coming up, uh, Mike Rupp will join us. Lots of storylines. Uh, Jordan Cairo, clearly not a big fan of his ex-coach, which you know what? I don't have an issue with. You don't have to give the vanilla answer. Like, if you clearly don't necessarily see eye to eye with someone, hey, no comment. You're allowed to say no comment. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, yo, we had a great relationship. Why? Why would you do that? Because he would know. So kind of respect him for not saying it. Will this mean that uh, it unlocks things for Jordan Cairo, who uh, five goals through uh, 27 games, not what they'd want in St. Louis? We'll get to uh, that. And uh, more after Connor Halley Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire and the Road Ready Sales event right now at Fountain Tire. $225 off select tires, $50 when you add in uh, any service only at fountaintire.com.